Hey there. Welcome to Coffee with the Docs. We are a holistic lifestyle podcast where we give integrative solutions and bring brilliant experts to help you thrive. Mind, body, and spirit. We are doctors Nicole Huffman and Abby Kramer, and we're so happy you're here. Hey everyone, welcome to Coffee with the Docs. Today we have on guest Tori Borelli, who is a nutritionist and author of her amazing Mexican keto cookbook. And we have so many things that we talk about in this episode from fertility to hormones to keto to all these different ways of testing your hormones and fasting. So there is definitely something for everyone in this episode. Absolutely. I loved how like she started off and just got really vulnerable sharing about her recent experience with miscarriage. And even yeah. though like everything she knows, right. And was optimizing and like doing all those things, she still went through that and is like working on some stuff. So I appreciated that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think she shared that some like one in three women experience miscarriage before 20 weeks. And, mm-hmm. and that's only people who have reported it. And we know that that number could even be higher with all the women who, you know, don't, don't share that. So, right. Um, so yeah, it was definitely interesting to talk about that too, just because I, you know, I mean, that's just not something that's talked about as much and it definitely needs to be talked about more. Mm-hmm. I loved how she also talked about, she works with a lot of people cleansing from parasites Mm -hmm. and microbes. And I think a lot of times people don't necessarily connect that to fertility and hormones, but as we know, everything's connected. And if you're having issues with like overgrowth or, you know, too much of any of those things it can affect that. Totally. Allie Miller has a really cool story where she actually did her um, candida cleanse and was struggling with a little bit of infertility. And after her candida cleanse, she was pregnant. And awesome. just because, yeah, but it's so true. It's like these pathogens that we don't always even know that are there can cause inflammation and can definitely mess up the hormonal picture. So mm-hmm. yeah, we talk about so many different things and she's she's a wealth of knowledge as well. So it was, it was really fun to do this episode. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so then to kind of tie things together, she also talked a lot about chemical toxicity, which Mm -hmm. I really appreciated. Actually, it was fascinating when she was talking about um, the stuff we put on our fabrics. She was like, you spend a third of your life in your bed and like what's on your sheets. I was like, whoa, like I didn't think about it that way. Like that's so true. And we're all about clean products, finding the best, you know, possible products to put on your skin, on your sheets, while you wash your dishes, all that sort of stuff, but stuff that also actually works because a lot of the natural stuff, you know, yeah, sometimes doesn't cut it. Let's be real. Right. So we love the company Primally Pure. Their skincare products are amazing and super effective and the ingredients are just unbelievable. If you guys go to their website and look at the labels, it's like all stuff, you know, exactly what it is. I've never seen anything like it. And you guys can get a little discount if you order. I love the masks. You love the serum, right? I like the serum and I really love the blue beauty cream for the face. Nice. I know it's amazing. And their body butter is insane. The body butter is insane. It has like beef, um, like tallow in it. Yeah. Great cray. So amazing. So good. But yeah, you guys can use our code CWTD. Get a little discount at checkout. And let us know what you tried and what you love. Yeah, we'd love to hear. So thanks always for being here, for listening. We always appreciate it more than you know. And if you love an episode, we'd love to hear which one is your favorite one? Maybe share it on social media and tag us. We'd love that. Coffee with the docs on Instagram. And write us a review. 
Thank you. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, welcome back to Coffee with the Docs. I'm very excited today. I've got Tori on with me. Hey Tori, thanks for being on. Yeah, I'm so excited. All the topics that have been actually coming up a lot with me. So I'm ready to dive Yay. into this with you. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I've been, I've been post, I just, I've launched a two online courses, Fertility Discovered and a Heal Your Hormones course. So it's definitely been something I've been like, posting a lot more about and sharing a lot about. So, and I think women dig it, you know, there's a lot more, as you know, fertility issues and hormone imbalance problems, I think than there ever has been. And I also feel like women for the first time are probably, they're just realizing that they have way more control over it than I think they thought they did before. Well, we so, don't totally learn about it. Like, I mean, no. young girls don't even learn. It's crazy how many people and I know we'll probably get there, but don't even know about ovulation. Like I continue yeah. to see women who are like, what, what's ovulation? And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> we need to like rewind. back up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. right? Like, it's, it's sad that there's so many things that in school, I wish that like, I mean, obviously like things like taxes, we should be, we should learn about, but like women do not know. I mean, poor girls think they can get pregnant every day of the year of the month, you know? Right. And so it, it, there's such a lack of, of knowledge. And, and that's why I think things like this, like a podcast with, you know, I'm more nutrition. You are definitely more like in seeing the patients every single day and actually looking at numbers and, and what's going on um, clinically. But together like we're going to be able to help so many people and that's just you know so in such an amazing way through a podcast because everybody can just like listen to it while they're working or you know the busy yeah. moms putting it on so I I do I do love the educational component of podcast brings yeah me too I mean the whole reason my partner and I are she's like my soul sister decided to <laughs> do this was because you know we both have busy practices she's in um Chicago and I'm in Colorado now and <laughs> you just like, you don't have time in your patient visit to talk about all of these things. So it's, wow. if you can listen, you're kind of going to be ahead of the game and understanding more in any episode we do on hormones or fertility, you know, is wildly popular. And I think it's just because it's very relevant and women want to learn what to do to feel better. I mean, I think the other thing we can dive into too, but you know, a lot of women, when they think about balancing their hormones, they just tend to think about their cycle. And it's like, oh boy, like it's your energy, it's your drive, it's your mood, it's your digestion. You know, I mean, it's so many things. It's everything. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So let's just back up like a hot second. (laughs) So I am going to ask you the two questions that we ask every um, guest that we have on. So the first one, so, you know, coffee with the docs is really around like we just love like sitting on a couch and like chatting and having like something warm to drink. And so what are you loving drinking these days? Ooh, um, I have you tried Organifi? I haven't, but one of my patients was just telling me about that oh stuff. My gosh. Um, yeah, I have a code. I can give it to you. It's amazing. Um, it's actually a San Diego based brand. That's where I, well, that's where I am. I'm actually in Hawaii right now, but I'm, that's where I work on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, I was actually born and raised there. And I just, you know, it's really hard. It, I'm in the food world and I get random products sent to me all the time. And I do not promote anything that I don't, even just like a supplement that I have not used on myself before. I've done all the weird things, cleanses, all the things. And this is a product that it's, it adds that flavor to your cup of coffee, or if you're drinking decaf or you're just drinking tea, or you just want it with hot water or some coconut milk. And I'm digging the the Organifi chocolate gold right now. It's delicious. Ooh. You got to try it. Yum. Yeah. Okay. Make it kind of like mocha and there's no sugar and it's awesome. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> Anything with chocolate, but that doesn't have all the crap in there. Is yeah. No sugar and mushrooms and adaptogens and all the good yummy stuff. Yum. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. We'll have to definitely talk about that. And then <laughs> what is your latest biohack or just um, one you love? I love Cellcore. Have you done so? Oh you yeah. 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 So I just did, um, two rounds of it and like the things that came out of me, some huge parasites. And now there was just a full moon and I have, I have like 75 clients on it right now. And I got a lot of warm picks. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> so are you using, so Salcor has a ton of supplements. So are you yeah. doing the parabiotic or? 
So there's like the full moon cleanse is what's like people are posting on Instagram. But if your okay. drainage pathways aren't open, like if you're not pooping twice a day and easily sweating and, you know, detox easily, then you can't just dive into a, a cleanse like that. A, you're not going to yeah. pass anything. You're going to feel like crap. Um, and my whole goal on like cleansing, like I do not promote juice fasting or any of that, but like actually supplement, uh, functional cleansing, um, you have to open the drainage pathway. So I do like do 60 to 90 days of their foundation protocol. So you 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 start with a couple for 30 days and then you add in a different and kind of move in, but it just depends on the person too. Like it depends on what their goals are and about what their, what their labs look like and what they have going on. But I do think the parasite thing is like, so under wrap people have no idea that most people have parasites because you can get them from anything. Yeah, I know. Parasites are parasites are a crazy thing when you get the worm picks you're like okay cool it's glad it's coming out <laughs> and and it's it's crazy because you're not going to just poop them out because they, they they are happy living in us and um you know the biofilms they create around them are very protective and they can just eat all our good nutrients and then that really affects hormones and thyroid and anemia it creates an anemia and all those things so Totally. I actually usually have a lot of my patients do coffee enemas when they do parasite cleanses. Cause then I'm like, let's get those puppies out. I actually love right now from Cellcore their Mito ATP. Yeah, Mito ATP. I know it's like a, it's like a natural, like it's a natural energy boost. I'm like, that's a Mm -hmm. great way to describe it. Yeah. Uh, And if you think about women who, you know, trying to get pregnant too, like our mitochondria have so much to do with our ovaries. Right. So that's also just a really good one for that too. Yeah. I read that we have more mitochondria in our ovaries than we do in our eyes. And I, I thought our eyes were like across the board, the, the, you know, the, the biggest users of the, the energy stores. Right. Yeah. So that was really interesting. So interesting. I love all of this stuff. Okay. So I'm going to have you introduce yourself to our audience. Okay. So my name is Tori Borelli. I run a wellness company called the Vita Well, and I'm a functional nutritionist, which just means that you know, I work integratively with, with doctors and naturopaths, seeing their patients. And then I also have just my own nutrition practice. Um, and then I launched a cookbook. It's, it's been like a year, actually, this last month, um, a keto Mexican cookbook. And my goal of that was just, I was working a lot with um, diabetics and just like in the obesity world, especially with um, the Mexican culture and just continue to see that through food, I could cure disease, especially diabetes. And in three months we were, you know, able to reduce hemoglobin A1C like in, you know, a regular doctor would say you need a lot of medicine for some a person that's a diabetic. So um, it really, you know, inspired me to help more people through a book and that with food that tastes good. And I think as a nutritionist, I find so often that, you know, you know, doctors don't have the capacity to sit down and go through someone's diet. And especially in the Western world, they're taught to prescribe for a symptom instead of getting to the root cause. So I've been very fortunate for the last 10 years that I've worked with, you know, cardiologists and people that really doctors that really see that they need nutrition to be able to reach health goals for their clients and their patients. And so um, I've been doing that now for, for over 10 years. And I am just, you know, I feel like with my health issues and everything I've gone through, which at 10 years old, I've, I was like diagnosed with celiac and Hashimoto's. And, you know, I was told by every Western doctor that I saw that it was all in my head and I was making up all these symptoms. And it took me going to a naturopath to find that I actually had chronic, you know, chronic autoimmune and all these other diagnoses, which now I've been able to actually, you know, lay dormant or whatever you want to say, but, um, they're not affecting me as, as, as they were when I was young, but, um, I've found that like going through a lot of these things, like what we're going to talk about, like just like my miscarriage that I just went through, I've, it's opened my eyes to help more people. And there are just so many, especially women going through so much and coming back from the doctor's office saying that, oh, my labs look normal when, you know, first of all, they didn't even test the right things, but so anyway, I'm kind of going on a tangent, but yeah, so I, I work a lot just with preventative disease and just helping people, especially women kind of figure out what's going on in their body and giving them the foods and supplements to nourish them and help them, you know, reach their goals, whether it's having a healthy baby or just, you know, getting out of that chronic fatigue. Yeah, no, I love that. So congratulations on your cookbook. That's so exciting. 
And I'm so sorry to hear about your miscarriage. Was it recent? Yeah, it was in the end of August. Hmm. Yeah, Yeah, it's actually, it's crazy. It's yeah, it was, it's definitely like, I think the hardest thing I've ever been through because Mm -hmm. it took me so long to get pregnant. And like, you know, being a nutritionist, working with doctors and knowing so much about my body, I felt like, like, I just felt like so guilt ridden. And it was the weirdest feeling, but I was like, I just kept feeling like, well, first of all, I was like in complete shock with the way that our system handles it. You know, like I went to get an ultrasound and the lady was like, there's no heartbeat. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Like, what did you just right, say? Right, right. And it was just like, you know, and it's COVID and you're alone and just the whole thing. It was just, and I was going, you know, the home birth, like midwife route anyway. But um, I, I just, yeah, I was like completely mind blown just with how first of all like most women don't even have a practitioner until after 20 weeks and one out of three women have a a miscarriage before 20 weeks right and and that's like of recorded miscarriages so how many more aren't even recorded oh yeah totally a lot (laughs) I mean I yeah so so that there's just been so many things that um you know I want to talk to you about just because this is what you deal with so often, right. Is just like infertility and like, why I mean, why, I continue to have healthy women come to me and just be like, I exercise, I eat healthy. And like, I've been trying for 10 months to get pregnant and I can't get pregnant. And my OB just wants me to do IVF. And I'm like, why are like, you're 27 years old. Why are you doing that? Why are you even thinking about IVF? But you know, it's the same thing with birth, birth control. Why are there little girls being put on birth control at 15? Cause they have bad skin. Like or why are we told that having, I mean, I had the most debilitating periods and I played very high level soccer where they would like knock me off the soccer field thing. I thought my like um, appendix was bursting like multiple times I went to the hospital and they're like, oh no, it's just your period. Like that's normal to have that. And now looking back, I'm like, why did, why was it okay that I was being told it was normal? Like a period shouldn't be like that. Yeah. I think there's a lot of symptoms that we're told are normal and it's like, it might be common, but it doesn't mean that it's healthy. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think Another piece too with the IVF, it's like, you know, there's a lot of women who do conceive from IVF and it is, it it can be such an amazing thing, but I don't understand why it's the first option for so many women when they come in, it's like, oh, well, you can't get pregnant. So let's immediately do this. And it's like, wait a second, like we have so many other things we could try first. And if you do decide you want to do IVF, fine but why don't we do all these other things first so we can make sure you have great eggs, the success rate can go up, right? And it, it is kind of interesting that it's it's coming from, obviously a lot of people just really trust their doctors and they, they wanna follow what they say. And so when it is like the first option that's being available, I think it's it's not, it doesn't always have to be that way, right? Yeah, there's so many alternative routes. And like I said at the beginning, like we're not, especially like the, the Western world. And I don't mean to discredit them because there is a time and a place for them, of course, but with fertility or just women's hormonal health, like they, they haven't really been taught. Like, I mean, even the, the biomarkers they're looking at or comparing them to is it's crazy what like people come to me and they're like, yeah, my doctor said my hormones are fine, but like, I'm, you know, maybe they have PCOS or endometriosis or something else going on, but they've never even like looked at that or done, you know, do you use a Dutch test a lot? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, for me personally, like I was told like everything looked fine. And then I did a Dutch test and I had no progesterone and like barely any testosterone. And, um, you know, you need progesterone to be able to hold a baby and all those things, but testosterone is super important. And testosterone is very important. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Well, and so for anyone who's listening, who doesn't know a Dutch test is a, it's a specific type of test for hormones and it's urine based and you know, you can do all, there's also different varieties of the Dutch test. Like you can do the one that the first one I ever did was literally a sample almost every day of the whole month. So they can really make sure you're ovulating and um, track the hormones the whole month. There are some, you can do just luteal phase after ovulation and check and see where your hormones are at. But um, I remember when I did mine, it was really surprising. I had no idea the amount my cortisol was like off the charts. Wow. And I was like, oh, this makes so much sense. And then there's so much stuff you can do through lifestyle and food. And so, I mean, when you're working with your clients, what are you sort of seeing, I guess, um, do you think is contributing to so much of the infertility? I think there's a lot of things, but the first 
thing that comes to mind is just the toxic overload mm -hmm. um, with something as simple as plastic. Like I know, like my mom didn't know any better. I mean, I'm 33 years old, but I drink out of a plastic bottle probably until I was in college where I really realized that, you know, how plastics, I mean, if you look at a plastic water bottle, there's pl plastic particles in there and then it goes into our body, which, you know, mimics estrogen. And um, so that's a huge thing. It's just the inflammatory response that we're getting from all these um, environmental toxins that we can and can't control just sitting on a couch that's been sprayed with fire retardant or, you know, just, there's so many things, what you're washing your sheets with, what you're putting on your body. I mean, I have women that give me a list of their, their home products or what they're cleaning their sheets with and their, their clothes with. And I'm like, you know, you spend a third of your life in your sheets and you're bleaching them or whatever it is. So, right. um, definitely toxins and across the board, just, um, I would say the, the toxic in our food, like, you know, the amount of glyphosate that's on our grain, our grains, um, GMOs. I have a background in organic farming. I studied agriculture engineering. So I, my family's in large scale conventional farming. And so I really mm -hmm. dug deep into that. Um, you know, my mom grew up in an ag town and every single one of her friends has cancer or has died. Wow. Of cancer. Yes. And so it's like, sad. it's so sad. But, and you look at like, you know, what there's crop dusters dropping, all types of pesticides, their water system. And that's another thing, our water, the water that most people are drinking, if you're drinking tap, there's lead and arsenic and um, eating metal, like aluminum. I see a lot of aluminum. Um, yeah, so I think I would say that environmental toxins, our food system, the convenience food and processed food, um, especially sugar and oils, like the vegetable oils and canola oils and things like that are just so inflammatory. And even if you're not cooking with them at home, if you eat out, that's what they're using. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's cheap. They can, it doesn't smell or become, you know, that taste of rancid mm -hmm. and they can use it over and over again. Um, so what else? Uh, and then like just the like mold, parasites, candida. I, I see so much like fungal, bacterial, SIBO, those kinds of things. And um, traditional doctors want to give you more antibiotics and that's just going to make it worse later. You're just going to get something else. For sure. I mean, I think chronic pathogens are like one of the most mm -hmm. overlooked things for sure. I mean, it, it's, it's so interesting. I mean, it's just so interesting, like how common mold and fungus is. I mean, we yeah. found it in our house and you couldn't smell it or see it. It was completely really? wild. Where was mm -hmm. it? It was in our basement where the water comes. So we have a, we're on a well, but okay. we also have like a whole house water filtration system. So it's where the water comes in the house from the well before it hits our water filtration system. There had been a leak and you couldn't see it. And then there was some catonium in our master closet, but you had to like literally pull back all the carpeting to see it. I mean, it was wild. Wow. And so, um, and, you know, I, I work with like the, one of the world's best mold specialist doctors in Colorado. She, she, I work in her clinic a couple of days a week. Oh, and so cool. it's just one of those things where our, we see it all the time in our patients, but then to see it in your own house, you're like, oh my gosh, this is so common. And I live in the driest climate. Like you would expect it more in Hawaii, right? Oh my or God. I actually, I have like this whole philosophy after, cause my father-in-law lives here and every place we've been or everywhere we stay, there's mold. And I'm like, Oh my God. I wonder if like these, all these people that are having all these like, you know, chronic, there's a lot of depression and anxiety here and a lot of young suicide. And I'm like, I wonder if it's mold. Like yeah. it has to be like, I and just it so it. affects your emotions. I mean, that's the craziest uh, thing. Like, uh, Dr. Jill, who I work with, she talks Dr. all the time Dr. about Dr. Jill. Dr. Jill Carnahan. Okay. And she says all the time how like catonium makes her like narcoleptic, like this other type of mold can make you be depressed. This other type of mold can make you angry. This, uh, you know, it's like they have personalities and they're different wow. depending on who you are and how you react to them. But um, it's just, and it, you don't always have to have across the board, like the same symptoms. There's been a lot of really great seminars lately on mold and fertility because it's, mm -hmm. Your body, I mean, at the very basis, and I want to jump into food in just one second, but at the very basis, like your body has to feel safe to conceive, right? Like it's like to, to procreate and bring a child into the world, like your body has to feel above safe, an abundance of energy, an abundance of everything, right? Like, and so that's what so many women, I'm like, you know, even if you don't want to have a baby now, 
like working on fertility is just working on your longevity and your health. And so why would it want to procreate when there are pathogens in the body or you're breathing toxic air from mold or fungus? I mean, it's just Mm -hmm. the, it's so fascinating. So it kind of leads a lot of women down to really correcting these underlying issues that maybe they never knew they had. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like my period may be always, you know, like a lot of women, and I'm sure you see this too, who deal with infertility. It's like, but my cycle is like clockwork. And, and it's like, yeah, but there could, it doesn't mean that that's like, great. You know, like, I mean, that's a great sign, but there could be so many other underlying conditions. And what's your favorite way to test for, for something like all these different molds? Oh, I'm a muscle testing doctor. So I use a lot of these like really crazy vials to test, but I also do, I'll do like Great Plains labs and do Uh a lot of their like mycotoxin testing or their oat test, which can tell us like fungal and bacteria. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of times I'll just have people do a simple cloth test at home. I have them do the mycometrics test to like test their house. Um, It's really inexpensive. So it's just- Yeah, the oat and Great Plains or there's all all of a sudden- but they're pricey they and then pricey. you my stool test or some functional lab work. And I'm just like, Oh, I just feel so bad because there's, it's very expensive. Then you want them to take all these supplements and change, you know, to eating organic. And all of a sudden I'm just like, Oh, it's a big commitment. And people it's mm-hmm. hard for most people, you know? And so it is, that's kind of why it's really fun to muscle test because you end up in the beginning at least. And I'm all for labs. I mean, Hey, I, I always say I get the best results when I combine labs with muscle testing, but you know, you can muscle test and save a, a lot of money in the beginning by just seeing what comes up energetically, uh-huh. clearing it. And then usually a lot of symptoms resolve. And sometimes we don't need specialty testing, but if we're bumping up against something, it's like, cool, this is the time to like dive in a little deeper and see, you know, maybe what else is coming up. But I mean, it's just, it's just fascinating all the different underlying issues that could be, that could be lingering around kind of preventing your body from conceiving this healthy child. Right. So Let's talk a little bit about, so I love that your cookbook is keto. It's great. I love, I just love keto in general. We've had a (laughs) lot of keto people on the podcast. I swear my co-host is like, maybe let's like calm down on the keto. I'm like, but it's amazing. So, um, tell me about how you see keto affect fertility, um, especially, but also just other things that women usually have underlying, like whether it be cysts or fibroids or just hormonal imbalances. Sure. Yeah. Keto. And I think that when most people that, you know, think keto or Google keto right now, that's never heard of it. Um, they probably are going to think bacon wrapped in like butter cubes. That's like not what keto is. And if, you know, like in my book, like it's very veggie forward, it's not just a bunch of meat. Um, I really believe that, uh, variety is everything in diet. And I, like people that are like, Tori, should I just eat the same thing every day? Cause like, this is working. I do not think that that's good. Um, keto is, should I explain it? Or you think that the rest of your podcast have, ex- have explained it? I mean, I feel like we've gotten a pretty good, <laughs> like Maria, you know, Maria, I'm, yeah. I'm sure she like yeah. really drives home. Like it's whole food approach. Right. You know, it's not, you know, I think everyone's got a little different, like Allie Miller was on our podcast and she really doesn't love like using monk fruit or erythritol or she's not a fan of the sugars. Maria Amrick's totally fine with that. If it's going to help keep you in ketosis, right? Yeah. So I feel like everyone's got a little different vibe, but I feel like anytime we've talked about it, it's very much the whole food approach. Okay. Well, so I'm interested to hear what they thought about this. Cause this is something that always comes up and it, you know, for women, across the board and for me personally the ones I've worked with and doing the trials for my book guys can be in ketosis all the time and they're fine Mm -hmm. women and especially women that have a hormonal imbalance and they pair it with fasting there's huge issues that happen and that happened with me like I was obsessed with fasting and then doing a super strict diet and you know then I started like missing periods and things like that. Um, so I do think for women around their cycle and, um, if, if they're like exercising a lot too, they need more carbs than a guy would, a man would. Um, and obviously I'm not talking like eating pizza say, but like, uh, you know, so a little sweet potato or some, uh, white rice cooked with butter or, um, just like a little bit more carby veggies, like extra broccoli, maybe sauteed in some ghee or some coconut oil or something like that. Um, 
And, you know, I, I do work with a lot of women that don't eat meat. So they want more seafood and eggs and things like that. And as long as you're eating, you know, nuts and seeds and wild small fish, it's totally fine. I don't think you need to be eating a ton of meat. Um, I personally like do way better on, on like wild game and, um, red, like red meat, just because I'm super anemic and I like my body craves it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely mm-hmm. want to talk to you about anemia because it's something that came up three times with my clients today. And I was like, oh yes, oh, I'm wow. But, um, but yeah, I, I, what, what have the other women, um, that you've interviewed talked about like just carbs with women during cycles and ovulation. So do you, do you have your women's cycle? Are you like, don't be in it straight all the time? I feel like Uh Allie, I feel like, I don't actually know, maybe Allie Miller. I want to misquote her, but I feel like the consensus I've gotten is sort of um, a couple days after ovulation to do a couple higher carb days and a couple days on your period to do a couple yep. higher days. And you know what? I'm, I don't know, Maria might be fine with ketosis all the time. There are some, some of them out there who think that it's totally fine to be always in keto as a woman. Um, I think I, I do see women do better with a little bit of cycling and if, if not even just for their hormones, I think mentally, you 100%. know, yeah. And I, you know, there's such a disconnect with, um, and I think, I do think women more just because we're more emotional inherently, but like with just food and if you're super strict and, and that's why I actually left out the nutritional analysis in my recipes. And that's like the only, I would say it's the main thing that I get feedback on that people are like, well, why didn't you put, I want, cause I don't believe in calorie counting at all. I think it's, first of all, it's not going to, help you live a more preventative life if you're so focused on like logging your food like that's I'm not teaching you anything like my goal is that food isn't scary and food is something that's like shared and beautiful memories and a good time and positivity and gratefulness mm-hmm. and all those things like not like oh I'm weighing out my chicken like no that's just yeah. not my philosophy um but I I really do think like if you're craving some carbs to listen to your body yeah. and if you're wake up and you're not hungry like unless you're really having some like hormonal issues and you, you need to like, you know, my, my naturopath was like, you need to eat breakfast. And I've ne- have never really been a breakfast person. And so even though I'm not hungry, like I'll make like a little shake that's protein and fat, but I like, I really believe in listening to your body. And if you wake up and you're not hungry, like ma- maybe make a high fat matcha or like something warm with some coconut milk, something that like gives you calories, but you know, you're not necessarily having to eat, but we've, we've come so far with just like, people are just like eating breakfast, eat breakfast, but you're not even hungry. Um, if you're in keto ketosis and you're feeling really good, then that's fine. But like everyone, our bodies are so different. We all come from such different genetic backgrounds. We all have like different lab where we have different things going on in our bodies. And, and I don't think keto is for everyone, but I 100% believe that everybody needs to eat more fat. Oh, you cut, you're muted. Oh, thank you. Weird. Um, so what do you think about fasting for women for fertility? Like, are you okay with like a, you know, 14 hour fast or like you feel like, no, it should just be like, they should probably do breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's so individualized. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I feel like you know, Dr. Anna Kabaka, who we've had on too, who's wonderful. She -hmm. really doesn't think women who are, um, cycling should fast past 10 a.m. You know, she's like, but if you choose to eat like an early dinner, then probably should be fine. And I think I do feel like a lot of it is listening to your body because, you know, Hey, if you feel good and you don't want to eat till noon one day, but then another day you decide you want to have breakfast at nine. It's great. I don't know. I, I feel like it's so much about like listening to your system too. Yeah. And it shouldn't be a stressful thing because it's women too. Like they get so stressed out about like, Oh, I have to have early you know, dinner because I'm trying to get pregnant and then, you know, I have to have my breakfast before 10 or whatever. And then all these numbers start playing a role and then it creates stress around the food. And I'm just like, you know, if, if you got home from work late and you didn't have dinner ready and it didn't, you didn't eat till nine, like it's okay the next day if you're just going to like, you know, eat a little bit later or earlier or whatever. Totally. Like, it's just probably across the board. We could probably say it's not a good time to maybe do like a multiple day no, fast. I, I compl- want, no, yeah. you do not be fasting. And especially if your hormones are off, it's just going to create, you know, more stress on the cortisol and adrenal fatigue. And yeah, I mean, I've been through it. I was like, like I said, I loved fasting and I was working for Dr. Atiyah and he's like a fasting master. And so I just thought, oh, everything, if he can fast all this, I can do it too. And it like completely, 
effectively yeah wipe me out negatively yeah so. so let's go back so do you have you seen keto though like help balance hormones have you seen it like help get rid of like cysts or like where where have you seen it help women mm, I just think it helps well I don't know about the cysts because it's so hard with like testing right like you have to have an mm-hmm. ultrasound before and then do keto and test and usually I have people yeah. do multiple things and you know they're doing supplements they're doing high fat Mm-hmm. I, I would say like, I recommend high fat more than like strict keto, um, low carb, high fat. Mm-hmm. So, um, with, with just like the eating more fat in general, because of the leptin, it, it, it helps women have less cravings. It helps them feel more satisfied and not, you know, they can eat a meal that's high fat and go way more, go, go a longer period of time before their next meal a high fat snack, um, like nuts or some olives, or if you could do dairy, like a, a raw goat cheese or something like that will, will actually help you feel like satisfied and get you to mm-hmm. through dinner, um, more than like a carb one. It also just, I mean, people that just enter more fat cooking with healthier fats, not being scared to like eat things like butter or ghee, um, it makes your food taste better. And so people like, it feels like, oh, I'm actually eating something that's way more delicious. I mean, yeah. look at a little kid, like a little kid doesn't want to eat some steamed broccoli with nothing on it. That's disgusting. It's like, right. it's like you know, weird <laughs> baby food. But if you roast it with some like avocado oil and some yummy Himalayan salt, like that's delicious, you know? Yeah, so definitely. Um, it's a fat has the flavor. I always tell people like, as soon as you go to something low fat, like that's where we started having all these issues is in the early nineties when the sugar industry pumped up all the low fat stuff with all their sugar and created this huge epidemic of look at all, like, look at where we are now. Like so much chronic disease and obesity and diabetes and metabolic syndrome. And so the low fat, if you're taking the fat as something, that's where the flavor is. So you have to add something back to give it flavor. And usually it's sugar. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. I completely agree. So when you were talking about testing and like for you and you were like, oh, you know, they didn't really test the right things. Like what tests do you really like for fertility? Definitely a full thyroid panel. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like, a, I do the Dutch test a lot, um, especially if a person hasn't had it and they're just going to their OB and they're doing very genetic, generic testing. Mm-hmm. Um, inflammatory markers like homocysteine, CRP, um, just to see like if there's inflammation going on in the body. I've worked like recently I've dug really deep into just like cholesterol because if I have so many women that are like eating so healthy and they're exercising and their cholesterol panels are just so out of whack. Yeah. And usually it's because something else is going on in the, usually in the gut. And that mm-hmm. could be like you were saying mold, it could be candida, it could be parasites. And so then once we work on that stuff, the hormones usually come back into balance and then, you know, the cholesterol will balance itself. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you were saying you dealt with anemia or you were diagnosed with anemia? Yeah. I wanted to ask you about this. So I've been anemic my entire life and I just, you know, I, I knew that my, it was like a genetic thing from my dad's side of the family who's Italian. So I'm Mexican Italian. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I said, I've been working with naturopaths for a very long time and always working on myself. I've always dealt with, you know, gut issues and, um, nutrient deficiencies and like chronic fatigue and things like that. Um, and my, I just, after my miscarriage, I started with a different naturopath who works at a, um, a birthing center. And so it's just a bunch of midwives and they kind of came together to have this amazing birthing center. And they're like, you should just work with her because you're going to work with us anyway. And anyway, long story short, she was like, you have a thalassemia. And I said, oh yeah, that sounds familiar from something a long time ago. And she's like, no, but I, it's the worst like case I've ever seen. You know, these, your numbers are so extremely low and I'm, I'm pretty sure like this may be the reason that you had the miscarriage. Oh, wow. um, and so she referred me to a hematologist, which I've spent like two weeks trying to get into, which is just, that's a whole other funny thing. And it's like, why do we have this fancy insurance? And you can't even get in to see a regular oh, right. doctor. It's totally. Um, but they're like, you don't have a regular doctor referring you. I'm like, yeah, I have a naturopath. And I have these like recent labs. Like, will you look at them? And he's like, I've never even seen these thyroid tests before. Like he was like, well, who, I've never even seen these, these biomarkers anyway. So I'm, I, she thinks I might have like a major, um, 
case or just because the most common one is minor, right? Thalassemia minor. But, you know, my, my client this morning, she's planning to have a, a home birth and she's super anemic and she was just told that she can't have it because um, her levels are so low. And so mm. I wanted to ask you, like, what do you do for anemia and um, like, what are your protocols? Because I mean, I'm taking ancestral supplement, the liver, um, I'm doing chlorophyll. I've done Floridex and red blood cell builder and they've never changed anything for me. Mm-hmm. I've done, I actually did iron injections where like I had a reaction and like my whole side of my like thigh was just, it looked like a bruise, but it wasn't, it was from the iron injection and oh, nothing wow. was able to change my numbers. Wow. Well, I mean, that's not something I'd really be able to answer right now. Cause it's oh, like yeah. so individual and I'd want to muscle test you and look at your okay. labs and all the things. But, um, I do think what's important is that how interesting that that's not really something at all that is like necessary. I mean, so anemia, you can see anemia just on like a regular CBC, right? So there's definitely like your fertility doc or your gyno could look at that and be like, oh, I think you're struggling with anemia. However, is it just as simple as like eating more red meat? Maybe not, you know? I mean, there Mm -hmm. definitely can be another component of like, why are the red blood cells lysing or- Mm -hmm. Is ferritin some... being so low. Do you know that parasites eat ferritin? I didn't know that. I just learned that. A lot of bugs do. So it's really so... fascinating when you look at like some of these like different, um, that's what I'm saying. Like a lot of times it's like these chronic pathogens that are mm-hmm. leading to this, or maybe it's like, you just need to do a whole lot more that's helping you break down and actually nourish, like actually take in the nutrients. And, you know, that's when you start looking at like everything else like protein levels, albumin, but I do think that there's something to treating it. Like, is there some sort of chronic infection going on for Mm -hmm. sure? And, but it's interesting that she, she came up with you feeling like, um, or saying that this might be one of the causes of your miscarriage. And that's definitely something that you wouldn't really, it's not as common, right. To think like, Oh, anemia is what caused it. Whereas like thyroid issue, um, thyroid is such a common cause of miscarriage or even just not being able to conceive as quickly or easily. It's like how many cases, and maybe this is something you see too, but I've seen a lot where all we have to do is really boost someone's thyroid and they conceive pretty quickly. And so, yeah, I've been on thyroid medicine since I was 14 and I went off of it two years ago because I was feeling super good. And I was working at a naturopathic clinic and I told the doctor, I was like, my goal is to get off of this stuff. I hate taking something every day. And I was taking nature through Like it's not that yeah. bad, right? mm-hmm. but um, I was feeling so good. And like, I was doing like, you know, the complex injections and all that stuff. Um, and I went off of it and I was doing really well for six months. And then I was planning a wedding and writing a book at the same time. And like, I couldn't even like get out of bed, lift my head, like just yeah, it was done. And so I went back on it and, and it's just interesting. Cause like, um, I have a friend going through IVF right now. And she was saying that the beginning, they, they double her thyroid medicine for the first like month because something about the estrogen, like kind of like eating the thought, the, the T3. And I was like, wow, that's really, really interesting. Like, so I'm constantly learning, right. And reading more about it. And Dr. Jolene Brighton talks a lot about it too. Like if your thyroid's not working, you can't conceive, like you can't have a, you can, but like, it's, it's harder to conceive and have a healthy pregnancy. Or if once you do conceive, you're not going to feel that good. Right. You're gonna yeah, have- definitely. And there is a lot with like estrogen dominance. Uh-huh. So like, obviously if you're doing IVF, you're going, you're having a lot of exogenous right. estrogen. Right. But when you're estrogen dominant in general, a lot of those women tend to have low thyroid and, and it can be, I don't know. I mean, even just my own personal thyroid journey, but I feel like testing to make sure that your T, you know, it's like, I've had patients who it's like, they're doing great on, um, like a, a compound of T3, T4. And then all of a sudden their T3 is totally fine with their T4 solo. So then it's like, we're switching them just to a T4 right. and it's like the body changes a lot and our, our ability to convert the T4 to T3, it depends a right. lot of, obviously on your liver and your gut and other things. So as those improve, maybe you don't, really need the compound and you just need some T4 and I, but women do tend to conceive faster, even when their thyroid is a little bit higher than like it naturally needs to be, which is kind of, which is really fascinating too. 
pretty fascinating. Um, I had a question on here. I just pulled my notes up because I always forget things, but um, I wanted to ask you about, or just talk about MTHFR because that's something that is, you know, when I had my miscarriage, of course, you're like on the internet trying to figure out what's causing it and why. And, you know, I think one of the hardest thing too was like, I was being told by a family friend who's an IVS specialist that, oh, it's, it, you know, it could be normal that you're bleeding this much. Like I've delivered tons of healthy babies with people bleeding this much. And then I have had my cousin who had four miscarriages tell me, no, you're having a miscarriage. And, you know, you feel really alone and scared and all the things. And so you start digging into the internet and, you know, reading like, you know, the thyroid or PCOS could cause it, or, you know, it's just a chromosomal thing. And, you know, your body's smart and getting rid of something that, you know, wasn't perfect or all the things, but um, the MTHFR start like came up a couple of times and um, I don't have it, but I see so many women. And now that I'm, I'm actually working on this miscarriage box because I, I found so that there was so much support for women once they're pregnant, but there's not support for women that are going through a miscarriage. And like I said, like you, it is a really scary and painful and um, emotional time. And, you know, my husband, he didn't know how to support me. Like they just do their best job, but um, to have like a, something that you can send to women so they don't feel so alone. And even your family and friends who haven't been through it, like they don't really know what to say. Right. Uh, Right. So we're working on this miscarriage box, but we keep having these meetings and the midwives, they kept one of them brought up, like there had, like, there's no protocols put in place for women for preconception. These are the labs you should be tested, the thyroid for sure. MTHFR should be one. And then, you know, so that they have like these biomarkers. So they're like, okay, I'm ready to to do this and do it in a health, healthy way. Like you're saying still with like nutrition too, like should you be on prenatals before and taking, you know, fish oil and all these things. Like there's so many questions, but definitely the MTHFR, you know, if you're not, if you have it, the gene and you're not supporting it, like that could cause a miscarriage too. Yeah. I think, um, I think this is like a perfect topic to end on. And the MTHFR is really interesting because so many, so much focus is on that, but there's really six other SNPs and they, that whole methylation pathway should be looked at. It shouldn't just be MTHFR. It should be your MTR and your, you know, like there's all these different ones that are really worth looking at. And we had, um, this genomicist who's like the world's leading genomicist. He's amazing. Dr. Mansoor Mohammed, and he's been on our podcast and he was really the first one who really opened my eyes to what we're doing now is we're over methylating these people who have methylation issues. So if you have, if you have a SNP in the MTHFR, that doesn't mean you just need to be like methyl everything, because then if you start over methylating, you start methylating your genes and you have a really big problem. And a lot of these prenatals, they have methyl everything in them. So a lot of these prenatals, if women have certain SNPs, I can't even give them to them. It's like, we have to make up our own prenatal. And so I would say it really just depends because there's so many variations you could have within each different SNP along that methylation pathway. And I am by no means a genetics expert, but what I've gotten from it is somebody might do really well on a methylated folate three days a week. And then the rest of the time, they really should be doing folinic acid because that's Mm -hmm. going to be a better, um, a better form of the nutrient that can be absorbed. And maybe you do methylated B12 for couple days a week, but then you do something like, um, adenosicobalamin so that you're able to have these other forms too. I mean, it can get kind of nitty gritty, but I would say instead of always just focusing on that one, it's a great place to start. But, um, and there's a, there's a link in that episode that has like my very, very favorite genetic panel. And it's not even that expensive. And we use the clinic code, Dr. Nicole, when ordering from the DNA company and, it is, it's just such a fantastic way to get a big overview. And then you also get a consult with them so they can say, yeah, actually you can't do a methylated, you know, form of this vitamin every day because you're going to burn out your mitochondria. And like, had you had said what you had learned about how many mitochondria are in our ovaries, like that's the last thing we want to be doing right. when boosting our fertility is like burning out our mitochondria and our ovaries. Right. And so there's just such this like delicate balance, but I, I do think you have just as much of a risk of, um, 
under methylating as you do as over methylating somebody. And so, you know, maybe you do, maybe if you don't have all that information, maybe you're doing a prenatal, like four days a week, instead of taking it every day, just to be on the safe side. But, you know, like we were talking about the test for fertility. I definitely throw the genetic stuff in there. I feel like it told me so much about the way that my hormones conjugate. We've always thought I was an estrogen dominant person. Turns out I make a ton of testosterone. I just don't keep it. And I don't make a lot of estrogen. So it was wild. I mean, I feel like these things you tend to think it's, it can show you the pathways that are actually active and my issue was cortisol this whole time, you know? So it's really fascinating. And I do feel like a lot of women have gained a ton of knowledge from that piece too. Okay. I'm definitely going to go back and listen to that. I'm excited. Yeah. I think it'll be great. So Tori, how can our audience find you? Like where are you most active and definitely tell us a little bit about this miscarriage box. Um, so my website's just the and I mostly do Instagram and the miscarriage box we will can you can i send you the link and you yeah, link it on there of course it's gonna be we'll called throw the it in boss. the show notes awesome it's going to be called the boss for loss and we're going to have two one that's you know someone that's actually going through the miscarriage to support them emotionally um with stories and um, other people's kind of experiences so you just don't feel so alone and then we're going to have a resource guide online and then also just like you know, a CBD bomb, the, the midwives are making tonics and uh, teas and just, you know, things oh, that you can so support nice. yourself. And I'm going to write some recipes so that other people can, you know, make you some bone broth rich soups and, you know, cause you don't really feel like eating or some nutrient dense smoothies or whatever. Um, couple of just nourishing food recipes. And then we're going to have um, one for people that have gone through a miscarriage. So it's more of like the emotional after support. Cause something that really helped me as I did like a closing ceremony and just kind of like close that chapter of your life and, you know, kind of like say goodbye and kind of release that. And that was very, very helpful that the um, midwives did for me because I wouldn't have done it. Otherwise I just didn't even know to do it. And I, I felt like so much um, off just like emotional stress off my body because there is so much guilt and, and um, emotional stress, I would say that surrounds it. Cause there's a lot of lack of, I just think it's really sad that, women um, can't support each other because you're not supposed to tell anyone you're pregnant for three months. So how are you supposed to be supported if you have a miscarriage at the the beginning? Right. So um, just just to support each other more and as women in the community and help each other and, you know, boost each other up. So. Absolutely. And I love the idea of doing a ritual, like a ceremony, almost like that after, you know, how, whatever everyone's belief systems are, but like, you know, kind of just closing that chapter. Like you said, it can be so beautiful. Yeah. Tori, thanks so much for being on. I feel like a lot of women will hopefully get a lot from this and um, I'm excited about these miscarriage boxes. So we'll definitely link that below. Yeah. And I'm going to send you a cookbook so you can get cooking. (laughs) Yay. Okay. Thank you so much. You have a great day. The statements in this podcast have not been evaluated by the FDA. Information provided here and products recommended or sold on coffeewiththedocs.com and or our podcast are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The information provided by this site and or by this podcast is not a substitute for a face-to-face consultation with your physician and should not be construed as medical advice of any sort. By using any of this information or reading it, you are accepting responsibility for your own health and health decisions and expressly release Dr. Nicole Huffman and Dr. Abby Kramer and its partners and guests from any and all liability whatsoever, including that arising from negligence.